So I want to talk um, to you tonight about what it means to be connected. And um, I, like this is not new information to any of us. Like The notion that we are all longing for connection is not new. We all know it because we all engage with it on a daily basis. And the idea that we all need it is also not new to any of us. Like We're all painfully aware of it. We know how avidly we search every day in so many different ways just to feel connected to something or to someone. Um, I don't know if anyone else is with me on this, but has anyone else found the screen time feature on your iPhone like just a little bit too real on uh, how much time you're spending on your phone? Just me? Does anyone else think that it's not right? I don't think that it's accurate because definitely, like, I don't think I'm spending that much time on my phone. At least that's what I'm just going to keep on telling myself. Um, I was looking up some stats this week because, like, stats are great. Um, and uh, so here are some stats for you. Did you know that on average we spend a total, not me, of course, because I don't spend that much time on my phone, but on average we spend about three hours and 15 minutes a day on our phone? It's quite a lot, isn't it? For the top 20% of smartphone users, and I don't really know what like, makes you get into the top 20%. I don't know what you have to do in order to be in the top 20%, but for those people who are in the top 20%, that goes up to four and a half hours. That's, that's quite a jump. On average, we check our phones about 58 times a day. It's a lot, isn't it? Yeah. And this is great. About 30 of those times are during working hours. Whoa, yeah. None of us, though, because we work really hard and we definitely, definitely do not scroll on any social media at a part of the day that we're like getting paid to do another thing. Um, and then half of all phone pickups happen within three minutes of the previous one. Like, I wonder even since you've been in this building tonight, like even during worship, how many times did you check your phone? Like, how many times did you press that middle button just to see even what time it was, you know? It's this funny thing, isn't it? Like, it's not just our minds searching for connection, but it's, it's physical as well. Like, it's our bodies, our physical selves are reaching out to a thing to find connection somehow. I deleted uh, Instagram just over a year ago, so I now lead a totally social media-free life, which uh, I don't feel self-righteous about in any way. I mean, it does make me better than, like, all of you, I'm just joking. I'm not joking at all. Um, so I do really enjoy the fact that I don't have any social media, mostly because I really, like, I'm an introvert, um, so I don't have fear of missing out. I have joy of missing out. So, like, the idea of not doing something is just, like, the best thing ever, you know? So if I decide not to come to a thing that you have invited me to, I'm probably really happy about it. And I'm not doing anything. I'm just like in my flat having a great time by myself, going to bed early. That's, that's my life. Um, but the one thing that I noticed in the few days following the big day of deletion, whenever I got rid of the app, was that like every time I like open my phone or unlock my phone, my thumb would go automatically to the place where Instagram had been. And it was like, that freaked me out, because I was thinking, man, my brain is barely even involved in this. Like, it's, it's, not, just, it's not just like this cognitive thing, it's, it's like a physical thing, that my, 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 my body is searching for this connection. 
And that, like, by that, I was like, okay, I've definitely made the right choice. This is the right choice for me. It turns out that it is possible to exist as a fully functioning social human being without having social media. That's not my point, but that's just interesting for you guys to know. Come join me on uh, the No Social Media team. It's, it's a great place to be. Um, but that's not, like, that's, not, that's not really my point tonight. The point is, is that we are all longing for and searching for meaningful connection in our lives, and we have no idea how to get it. So we bombard ourselves with things that might work. Like, how many different things do you try just to see if it helps? Like, scrolling on social media or posting something else or updating, like, what you have for breakfast on your Instagram stories, and honestly, like, nobody cares. Filling our time with every type of social engagement, going for drinks and going for coffees, hosting loads of different things, swiping on dating apps, being the person who knows everything about everyone. We long to be meaningfully connected, and we are at a loss. We're at a loss of how to actually achieve it. We believe that this book, the Bible, is the best guide that we can have for how to live our lives. And I think that the Bible has something to say about this issue of meaningful connection. So I want you, if you have a Bible, if you have it on your, on your phone, uh, you can turn to Hebrews 10, don't check anything else. Hebrews 10, um, it's going to be in the screen behind me as well, verse starting at verse 19 to 25. Therefore, brothers, it's going to add in and sisters as well in there. Since we have confidence to enter the most holy place by the blood of Jesus, by a new and living way opened for us through the curtain that is his body. And since we have a great priest over the house of God, let us draw near to God with a sincere heart in full assurance of faith, having our hearts sprinkled to cleanse us from a guilty conscience and having our bodies washed with pure water. Let us hold unswervingly to the hope we profess, for he who promised is faithful. And let us consider how we may spur one another on towards love and good deeds. Let us not give up meeting together as some are in the habit of doing, but let us encourage one another and all the more as you see the day approaching. Let me pray for us. So God, we believe that this is your words and we know that you speak to us and we want to hear what you have to say. So Holy Spirit, will you come and be so present with each of us and, and stir and inspire our hearts towards what it is that you have for each of us tonight. We say yes to you. You're welcome here. Amen. I think that this passage speaks to our chronic need for connection. And I think it offers us a way to find it. Because like so often, whenever we look to fix that need in us for connection, the first place that we often look are to the relationships that are around us. Which is why we use social media so much, because that's how we stay connected to our friends. But it's quite volatile, isn't it? Like the, the, our measure of meaning in our lives becomes, to some degree, becomes dependent on the relationships that we either have or don't have. And they change and evolve 
all the time. Relationships with people are crucial. We need them. But we need something else first. Meaningful connection at its core starts with a meaningful connection to God. That's where it begins. Look at the, the beginning of that passage that we read. Therefore, brothers and sisters, since we have confidence to enter the most holy place by the blood of Jesus, by a new and living way opened up, up for us through the curtain that is his body, and since we have a great priest over the house of God, let us draw near to God with a sincere heart, with the full assurance that faith brings, having our hearts sprinkled to cleanse us from a guilty conscience and having our bodies washed with pure water. That is all one sentence. And you know, when people write these really long sentences, sometimes I think it's because they're kind of spinning over themselves to try and get their point across. This is important. The writer to the Hebrews wants to make it clear to us and leave no stone unturned. This access to God is possible. It has been made possible for us through Jesus. The writer wants to make it clear to us now that there is no reason for us to stay away. There doesn't have to be distance anymore. But what does it mean to have access to God? Because you see, in, in a Jewish tradition, they would have really understood this. This would have been mind-blowing to them that they can have access to this distant God that for so, for so long was so far away and only a few people could get that closeness. They knew what that meant, but we don't really have that same experience. It's different for us. So we have to figure out for ourselves, well, why is this something that I should want? If you were here a couple of weeks ago on Easter Sunday, either morning or, or evening, you'll have heard six people all together give their testimony as they got baptized. And what they spoke of was what it meant for them to know God. They gave testimony to what it, is that, that, what it means to them that they have a relationship with Jesus now, that they have that closeness and that they understand it and that it's made a marked difference in their lives. Because knowing God and having this access, this, this welcome into his presence without reproach is an incredible thing and changes and transforms us. It has made a radical difference to my life. And it's something, it's something that I chose. And it's something that they chose, those guys on Easter Sunday, they chose that. Maybe you have chosen it as well. But here's the thing, before I chose it, I was chosen. Before you chose a relationship with Jesus, you were already chosen. Let that sink in, like take a minute, what is that? What does that stir up in you? What does it feel like? If being chosen or not chosen is something that has had a, maybe a negative effect in your life, maybe it's affected the way then that you think about God's choosing of you. Do you let him choose you? 
Do you let him choose you? Do you stop for long enough to let that happen? Or has your life become so full with the choosing of so many other things? It is God's desire that we are meaningfully connected to him. It was his idea. He couldn't stand the distance, and so he sent his son Jesus to bridge the gap forever, to close the gap. God chose meaningful connection with us long before we chose it with him. It is forever open to us. We just have to step into it. Look at that language that's used in this passage. Is it true for you today? And if not, why not? What stops it being true? When was the last time that you drew near to God with a true heart, full of the assurance of faith? Or as another translation puts it, do you approach God with an open heart? Are you fully convinced Are you fully convinced that nothing can keep you at a distance from him? This is the place that meaningful connection finds its fullest and most forever satisfying beginning and end. All other connections pale in comparison, but so often it is the last one that we seek. What would meaningful connection with God look like for you in this season of life that you're in? This passage goes on as well. We're not just like sitting on a holy cloud floating along in the presence of God, unaware and not in need of anyone else. That's not the point here. This meaningful connection that begins in God extends out to other people, to those around us. I mean, think back to the very beginning of scripture in Genesis 2. In Genesis 2, verse 18, it said, "Then Then the Lord God said, it is not good for man to be alone. I will make for him a helper. That was right at the very beginning. But I wanna just take a sideline for a moment to talk about something that this verse can stir up in us. Because this is, this is one of those verses that can shut some of us down. If you are single in the room, then you will likely have heard this verse at a wedding or you'll have read it yourself. And actually the interpretation of it in that context has been really hard to hear. And it's made you feel like you're less than. It's made you doubt, maybe. It's made you question some things. If God says that it's not good for man to be alone, but I am alone, does that then mean that I am not good? Or that I have somehow missed out on the goodness of God? Am I outside God's plan? Did I do something wrong? I think in the context of marriage, that's one interpretation that's really valid of that scripture. But I don't think that it's the whole picture. And I don't think that it's the whole point. So if you've been made to feel small or or less than, or you've felt really discouraged, 
because of how you've heard that passage of scripture preached. And if it's meant that your view of meaningful connection has seemed like it only fits into a few relational constructs, then I am sorry. I think there is a bigger picture that we can view here. There is a much wider narrative at play. And God does not shame us for our circumstances. So let that one sit and listen to this. The word there in that passage in Genesis, the word for alone is from the Hebrew word bodad. And it actually means something that's more like isolated or separate, to go independently, to go alone. And that kind of puts a different spin on it whenever you think about it like that. Because right there at the beginning of the world, when everything was perfect, before anything bad had happened, and when Adam was living in this beautiful communion with God in the most perfect place, God said that isolation wasn't good. He said that independence wasn't good. He needed a person. He needed people. And if it was true then, like how much more true is that for us now? The Christian life is not an isolated activity. There is a danger in thinking that you can be a Christian all by yourself and that you don't need anyone else around you as you grow in relationship with Jesus. Christianity is a corporate thing. We need other people. Whether we like them or not, we need other people. We need meaningful connection with each other that flows from a place of meaningful and secure connection with God. There are examples all over the Bible of people meeting together. It was a really key thing in the early church in their expression of their faith. And this is not a guilt trip. This is not meant to be a, why don't you come to church very often? I'm not wagging a finger at anyone and saying, get it together, show up, join a community, join a team, come and be part of all the things that we have set up here. It's not what the point is here. This is deeper than that. Why do we gather here and other places? Why do we do that? It's not just us, every church in this city. Why do we gather? Why is it us? Why do we do it together? Here's the reasoning that's laid out for us here in this passage. Verse 24. And let us consider how to stir up one another to love and good works, not neglecting to meet together as some are in the habit of doing, but encouraging one another. You see, whether you've been a Christian for like five days or five decades, this call is open to all of us. It does not matter whether you are young or old. Part of our motivation for gathering together in whatever context is meant to be to stir one another up to spur one another on to love and to good works. And I think that's a deliberately broad phrase that's used there. It covers all sorts of things. This passage tells us that we should be 
encouraging one another. That we should encourage each other when we meet. Is that why you came here tonight? Has that been your motivation for coming to church? Or to go to your community? Or to meet up with your friends? I'm not even sure, it's always my motivation. Do we come always to encourage? What, what if we were a church of encouragers? What if that's what people got whenever they came here? Or whenever they met with us in any, any kind of situation? That they got encouragement? This is not about giving each other a pep talk that kind of ignores the realities of your situation. That's not what it's about. Encouragement, though, is really important. It is important as a motivator in us for meeting together. I have a friend who went to an event recently that she's previously been to, and it was a Christian thing, and sometimes those are just really terrible, and, you know, sometimes they're amazing, but sometimes they're not. And the last time she went, she really didn't have a good time, but she knew she had to go back, and she kind of wasn't really looking forward to it, and she had a choice. At that point, she had a choice. Do I go and be annoyed the whole time because this is not what I want it to be and I'm not getting what I want from this? Or do I invite Jesus into this point of decision and say, okay, what do you say here? And I'm very glad that my friend invited Jesus into that place of decision-making because he encouraged her to change her motivation and change her perspective on it and change her impetus for going. And so she went to this event this time choosing to give. To give her time, to give her energy, to give of herself to other people. And she said that for her, that event was transformed because she had allowed herself to be transformed in her approach to it. You see, whenever, whenever we don't show up to whatever it is, I don't just mean here. When you don't show up, other people miss out. When you don't show up, other people miss out because it's not just about you and it is not just about me. This is about Jesus and this is about us. This is for Jesus and this is for us, together. The passage is clear. We can't get away from it. Don't neglect meeting together. Brilliant line, as some have been in the habit of doing. It's like a really underhand burn, isn't it? I mean, I didn't write it, guys. There's no guilt tripping here. You don't have to come to church every week. You don't. You don't have to join a community. You don't have to pray with other Christians. You don't have to commit. But if those things are your reality, if any one of them is your reality, do you know why that is your reality? If you have a great reason that you feel God has given you, then you go for it. But if it just kind of happened, you know, if it's just become a habit if other things have kind of gotten in the way 
Or maybe just this like Christian stuff is just one of many things that you're doing. Maybe it's hard when you get here. Maybe it wasn't very good last time. Maybe you feel you don't really need this to fill the connection thing. If any of those are your reasons, if you do not know your why, then I would ask you to rethink tonight. Do not neglect meeting together as some have been in the habit of doing, but encourage. Come together to encourage. God wants to be meaningfully connected to you. He really does. He wants to be meaningfully connected to you and he wants you to be meaningfully connected to other people and that is gonna look different for every single person here. And sometimes it will be hard and it probably will take a while. But ask yourself, am I seeking meaningful connection with other people? Am I seeking meaningful connection with God? Or am I just filling my life with stuff that I hope will help, but I actually have no evidence that it will? Have you made it you in your small corner and I in mine? Be an encourager, because the world is full of discouragers, right? Like, hands up, who, how, who many, how many people have been discouraged this week by something someone has said or done? Anyone? Yeah, me too. There's our evidence, the world is full of discouragement. But this is what the church gets to be. The church gets to be the encouragers, the ones who give courage to others. We come together to give to God and he is generous to pour back over us way more than we could ever have given in the first place. And we come together to give to each other. And when everyone does that, everyone gets. This is not communist Christianity, don't worry. But it is very countercultural. Like it's not what we're taught. It's not what we see it's not what we participate in in every other sphere of our life. It's why you're picking up your phone 58 times a day. Because we are in need of something. Flowing from this place of meaningful connection with God and meaningful connection with each other leads us to be people who are meaningfully connected with the world around us. It is a natural overflow. The Passion Translation puts it like this, being motivated towards acts of compassion, doing beautiful works as expressions of love. That is the church. And we need all three places of meaningful connection. We can't get by and we will not be fulfilled on just one. We need deep connection with God that leads us to deep connection with others that overflows into a deep and compassionate connection with the world around us. So my question to you this evening is, are you meaningfully connected? And what could change in you tonight if that's not the case for you? What is the Holy Spirit stirring in you just now? I'm going to pray 
and then we're going to be released to go all around the room to see all these amazing stalls. This is just one option. There are lots of others. But allow yourself to be challenged and prompted. So let me pray. Jesus, we remember what you've done for us. We remember who we were before we met you. And we acknowledge with deep gratitude and joy who we are since we've known you. And we know what you have accomplished for us. And we don't want to take that lightly. Why don't you just take a moment to remember, whatever stage of your journey of faith you're on, to remember what Jesus has done for you. Or what you've heard that Jesus has done for you. And let your heart respond in gratitude to him. We thank you, Jesus. And we want to be people who take that seriously and respond to what you've done for us. We want to live like we believe it. We want to live like it makes a difference to us, to our relationship with you, to our relationships here, to our relationships in every other sphere of our life. So Holy Spirit, I ask that you will come and prompt each of us with what it is that you have for each of us specifically tonight because you know us intimately. You know us better than we know ourselves. And you have something that you are stirring in each of us, a challenge for each of us. So you come and show that to us. Let us be people who say yes to your promptings. Forgive us for where we have ignored you in the past. We want to say yes to you tonight.